welcome to Dynastream's podcast, I said a prayer for you today. My hope is that you will be powerfully encouraged through real life situations, prayers, and encouraging words. Each episode is from the heart, not trying to be perfect, just being real for real needs. Feel free to share these episodes with those that you feel may need some loving strength. All right, let's begin. Hello, my friends. I'm here to encourage you just some exciting things. Um, Just trust that God is good. He loves you. He's for you, works in you, through you. And as I've shared with you over and over, sometimes unbeknownst to you, he will encourage you through a friend. He will encourage a friend through you. And as I'm processing some discussions that I have had with friends, I just such divine appointments when God shows up and when you allow it time to process he will bring revelation and remember when God reveals he reveals to heal so he took me to 2 Timothy 1 7 actually he took me to 2 Timothy 4 7 and then I was reminded as soon as I was heading there of 2 Timothy 1 7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I'm going to read from you in the the preface of 2 Timothy. It says, "Only um, only the one who perseveres, whether as a soldier, athlete, farmer, minister, or Jesus Christ, will reap the reward. And his teachings will come under attack as men desert the truth for ear itching words. And Timothy has Paul's example to guide him, God's word to fortify him. He faces growing opposition and glowing opportunities. So I want to encourage you through his word. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. As God reveals, even as I'm speaking. But in 2 Timothy 4, 7, it was Paul saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And go and read 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 4. And it says, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And this is on 17. And back to 4.3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of the evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. And he's traveling around. He's traveling to to share who God is, to help the churches, to strengthen the churches, to build their faith. He fights the good fight. He has been through so much. And even what I didn't realize until I started encouraging you in that preface was only one who perseveres, whether as a soldier, athlete, farmer, minister. Well, one of the one of the things that God was placing on my heart is in the time when I play basketball. And then as I was about to encourage you, there were two, and they're not fables. These are real life examples and how God shows up and, and connects them to his word and how he strengthens, how he builds endurance. And maybe I'm to share both of him, both of those things with you today. And the one was as I'm talking with a friend 
and they're having a struggle and it has to do with a gym. They're utilizing a gym and they're sharing. I want to say God's word is from a different book. It's the book of the law, but they're sharing truth. And when we know before Jesus was the law and Jesus came, some are still waiting for him. But there's no judgment because that's not what God was t- talking to me about. My, my heart is to love and my heart just connects with people with the heart of love. And I have to confess, not every people. <laughs> there are some people who really I have learned I'm not to converse with that one. Because we also learn there are people that are around us or um, in our workplaces, in our social places or wherever it is that are placed to really cause you harm. But remember, God is above all powers and principalities. His love never fails. And sometimes that means you cannot engage in conversation or activity with particular people. Jesus met with tax collectors and he met with sinners and wine-bibbers and all of that. He strengthens people to do the work that he has called them to. So whatever he's called you to, he's equipping you for. And so what I want to share with you as the person shared the struggles with the gym, and then I would have another conversation later. Someone shows up and she's here to see someone else, but they're not here yet. So I'm like, okay, well, come on in and we'll chat. She has a story about basketball and about a traveling team and, and just the different things that are happening with the traveling team in a good way. And shares with me all-conference victory. She won all-conference. She won the victory. Well, as I am going through my life and I'm trying to resolve certain things and I just I can't seem to get it resolved and I'm, I'm writing the letters, they're being ignored and so I'm writing more letters that are being ignored. And when you have in, um, attorneys in between, there's certain limitations. And there's, there's two things coming together here that I really want you to ponder what God is speaking to you for your life. The first one would be around basketball. And the second would be the judges' chambers, the court, the law. And how will this connect? Only God can do that. But what I would come to realize as God just bringing revelation and when I played basketball and I was, I had a scholarship to go on to a university. I tried out, I had a scholarship offer and something in my spirit was just not right. And I didn't even know it at the time. I just knew like something's not right. And I just, it was great, great opportunity. It would be so cool. I could play ball and all this. And my dad suggested, well, why don't you go to the, the local college, junior college? Why don't you go and just try out? I'm like, well, I'm not going to go there. He goes, just try out. The coach there just kept inviting. And so I went and tried out. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm trying out because I'm not even going to go here. I'm going someplace else. And he would con- try it out for the team. He would continuously send me these letters. I would be elated and wonderful letters of come on and play for us. Well, at one point I would make the decision to play for that team. It was local. Wouldn't it be a couple hours away from home? Okay, and I felt like I kind of failed. 
But at the same time, I thought, well, maybe I'll get more playing time. Turns out we only had seven players. A lot more playing time. <laughs> but what I want to encourage you is what I would learn after I made the decision, what was, what was in my spirit, what I was just sensing, is I would later learn that the coaches were lesbian. Half of the team was lesbian. I am not. I didn't even know what to think about that at the time. All I knew is I didn't want to be a part of that, but my decision came before the knowledge of that. So God was speaking to me long before I knew. And I would go on to this play with this other team, and we would go with seven people all the way to the state championship. And mind you, if you've ever played a game of basketball, you know how enduring it can be. There, it's a long time running back and forth on a court. Seven people. There's a lot of endurance, a lot of practice, a lot of strengthening to be able to get through, not only get through the entire game, but to fight the battles in between. And it's if, if you look at it, it's a ball. It's a game. And there were people telling me, when you cross that line onto the court, you need to become a different person. You need to be aggressive. And you, I could only be me. But what would happen is they saw me as a threat, and I would normally have two to three people on me guarding. When I got close to that basket, there would be two or three right there trying to get in my way, prevent me from getting the ball, prevent me from getting it offensively or defensively. But as a team player, what you recognize is if they're on me, people are freed up. Does that mean everywhere I go, I want to be that person for them? They certainly think so. Oh, hey, look, someone's going to take that brunt for us. And then you go about setting something free or you see it set free and you're like, okay, for that? You're taking on battles you don't even realize. So my friend, an essence of who you are in and through your life, there are battles that you are in, you have been trained up for. But that doesn't mean every place you go, you are to fight the battle, everyone else's battle. Because they will use you, they will abuse you, and they will throw you away. And then they will bring in another one. But when you walk with God and you're listening to where he wants you, to where he's placing you, he's fighting the battle. It may rise against you, but he's fighting that battle. Because you have the armor of God. Back then, I didn't have the armor of God. I had religion. I knew about God. I didn't know about his armor. I didn't know about any of that. But he still was with me. And you see, we would take seven people and go all the way to state championship. But you know where we would stumble? There would be a distraction. There would be guys that come. They would bring alcohol. And as a young gal, you know, there's a team and the leaders, where was the protection? Oh, yeah, follow the rules, stay in your room. But there wasn't the protection of watch for the distractions. There wasn't the teaching and training of the Lord. So what would happen? You would drink some not even expensive stuff. They would bring beers. You took the bait. It messed up your game. What would happen? Not just any guys. They were a team. They were there for the same purpose. They were there to do their um, competitions at state level. 
but the enemy would bring distractions so that you would take a bait because you didn't know. Oh, you knew not to drink that. You're an athlete. But the temptation was greater than that endurance. Oh, we still went through our game. We still would plow through and do the best we could physically. But because it was something that would lessen our good game. Oh, we got in big trouble. (laughs) We got in really big trouble. And when we got in big trouble, what did we have to do? We had to strengthen more. We ran a lot. We did learn. But there are times when you learn the lesson later that God shows you that was a distraction, a temptation of the enemy because there was other teams that knew. That was their home territory. You were coming. You didn't realize the darkness that may come at you in that area. Oh, there was plenty of stuff around ours in the the cities where we lived. But when you don't know that that's the particular battle you're fighting, it can destroy you. It can humiliate you. And quite frankly, like I never wanted to play the game again. I'm not real big into games anyway. So for me, that was okay. I liked the sport (laughs) for the workout, for how I felt healthy. I got a lot of exercise. I didn't like getting elbowed by other people. I didn't like having to be scrappy to take the ball. It was a ball. And later in life, you know, you learn to do, be competitive and stuff, but you don't want to hurt people. It's not about I win, you lose. What are we learning? What are we gaining? Physical strength, agility, training, teamwork. Those are the things that I love about it. I didn't like that win or lose. But you see, even though the statistics, you may earn something, but they'll give it to someone else because of popularity. I learned lessons like that that would later in life show me that that's that's really what's true. That's really what happens. You're trusting, you know, you have a a referee that refs the game and he's got to make the decision of what happens between this person and that person. And you're supposed to trust him because you're young, but then you have a father that says, no, ref, that's wrong. But they still call it because they're in the position. And you have other parents that know that that was wrong, but they make the decision for what other reason, I don't know. And as a young person, you're embarrassed because the parents are yelling, but they they see from a different perspective. They see from a higher perspective what's happening with that ref that's placed in between the two teams. And you see, this may be connected. And later in life, I would be in legal situation with child support. And you have attorneys involved. And you have an, a, a father who abandoned, refuses to pay anything, refuses to be a part of it, and would actually torment you with threats of taking the child, taking him and giving him to someone else to raise. Dean, have you had enough? You can't do it. Have you had enough? And would hide. And so I'm in the court, and I've got these legal documents, and show up to a meeting. In the judge's chambers, the judge is sitting at this table with attorneys on both sides and child support and just could be very intimidating 
And he's saying this document doesn't exist. Why are we fighting this? And he wants to go a particular direction saying this particular document does not exist. My attorney's there says nothing. The other attorney's there saying it doesn't exist. And me having boldness even then when I was not real bold, or at least I didn't think so. I have the document right in front of me. I made copy. I take it to him. Here's the document that you said doesn't exist. Here it is. And he kind of looks at me. And then he looks at the document. I go sit down. He looks at the document, acknowledges it to the agency of the document. Do you recognize this? Yes, sir, we do. Do you recognize the card of this person? Is that an employee of yours? Yes, sir, they are. You've got some homework to do. And later I was told that I did not have permission to go to the judge. I didn't know that. He was asking for a document, said it didn't exist. I knew it existed. Here it is. So my friend, when you are with God and you're talking to him, you don't need someone in between. Because you see, those people that were in between said that a document did not exist, that existed, that would have helped my son. But instead, I had to go in boldness and they still would utilize some other system in their system that continued to harm my son. And it would be later referenced about something about a clerk. And so you see, you learn in life to build endurance and the boldness, not to hurt someone else, but to help someone else. When I was getting beat up, I saw there was a benefit to someone. Maybe someone was getting in trouble because they documented something or didn't document something, so they tried to hide it or whatever it was. I don't know. But somewhere, somehow, there was a help to someone. It didn't help my son. And I realized the look the judge gave me was probably like, how dare you? Because technically, I wasn't supposed to approach him. And then I see in the book of Esther, and I would not know later in life how that would be just so powerful when she went before the king, when he could have just killed her just for approaching him. Or maybe the judge gave me that evil eye or stink eye or looks could kill. No, he just gave me a puzzled look of how, like, who, who am I to think I could approach him? But then he looked at the document. He could have ignored it. He could have put it aside because I didn't, in his world, have authority to bring it to him. But I did. And you see, there would be pieces in my life showing up that God is revealing. He's revealing all the interconnected things in my life. The basketball game. You see, I'm fighting battles in a court system. I've been before the attorney general. This isn't the first time I've had to write to the attorney general without success. I was in a meeting in a room with the attorney general and other attorneys and me. I had, I had copies, like documents so thick, and copies for them of information. They had one piece of paper because that's all their system was permitted to deal with. And that's where faith, the hope, the evidence of things unseen They couldn't see it. They were blind. But see, I wasn't trying to harm someone. I was trying to help my son. The others were looking at, oh, that's harm. How dare I question their agency? I had people encouraging me. Seeing there are people looking at your case. High up. But they do nothing about it. 
Because, the, see, the child support system was set up to reclaim welfare wages. It wasn't truly set up to help people. It wasn't truly set up to help the kids. It was only so they could reclaim the money they may have paid out in welfare. That's what I learned in the system. And you see, the system that would come against my son even later would be because they get a lot of free labor. They get a lot of money through different jails, through different um, sentencings. A lot of people get a lot of free labor. And these people cannot do anything in life because they've been so squashed down that all they can do is the minimum that helps the people up above gain a whole lot of money off of paying minimum or less wages. But see, that's not what I'm approaching you with because God took me to First Timothy not to fear. For years in my life with my son, I would fear. I tried to learn not to fear, but I still feared. I had tormenting around any corner would this man try to come and take my son? Because he already said, maybe I should take him and go here. I've experienced him outside the car. And he was pondering. I'm thinking, oh, no, that car door is open. So when I shared that with you before, you probably wondered, oh, she's just fearful and making it up. No, it's because there was torment. There was threat before. But God would place people in my life to let me know he is with me. He is with my son. I still question it. Because, but God, look what happened. But you see, even this battle I'm fighting, I have a vehicle that I'm fighting. I'm fighting because there's something in it that is a manufactured defect. In a thing. In an inanimate object. And see, it would be a 1.5. And the drugs that would come at my son... There's a one to two on it. I'm like, Lord, what does all this mean? As I take it to him, I would look. And the basketball, when I had my scholarship, it was a partial scholarship. It wasn't full, partial scholarship. I'm not afraid to admit that. I'm not afraid it was partial, not full. I was happy to have the offer of a scholarship in the vehicle they will offer to partially fix it here's some money to here's part of the money to fix the vehicle but there was a defect in their system is there a defect in my system no there's a defect in these systems system of scholarship they'll offer partial system of repairing automotive where they know that there's a problem and then God would show me all When God does something, he does it fully. He does it all. He doesn't leave anything to waste. He works all things together for his glory. And you see, I think it's in 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy I was reading where he says, I give God the glory. In 1-1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of which to the... Oh, wait a minute. Okay, sorry. It was verse 3. I thank God, whom whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. I thank God. And then it talks about later in, in the chapters about give him the glory. Look where the glory is going. Is it to a leader? Is it to this? Where, where are they pointing the glory? It goes to God. And may he grant mercy to your household. May he grant mercy to your life. Because you give him glory. I've seen that in you. 
And it's not like we can't just battle like, oh, it's all God. We have to acknowledge God, you know, praise God. Yes, absolutely. To give him the glory. He works through you. Praise him for that. He works through me. I praise him for that. But God is the one who does the work. He's the He's the one who's battling these spiritual battles because without him, we can't fight a spiritual battle because it's unseen. He's the one above all powers and principalities. Without him, you're fighting with the powers and principalities of the world. It is only through him and risen Savior. And so he would show me through conversations with friends, their struggles, and to encourage them not to play small, that God is growing you. He's giving you a voice to amplify your voice in the world, and especially when your voice is for him. When you are, when you are fighting for those who can't fight for themselves, when you are standing strong, fighting a battle for someone else, you see, it would be through basketball that I learned that they put one or two players on me, but it would be how God shows me in a visual, fighting the battles for others, when you might be able to see what they're struggling with, and that person has no the person has just no idea how to get out of this, and they just know that they're they're going for the victory, but they're in they're losing a battle or they're enduring or whatever it is, they're going for the victory. And as you learn to work with them, they've got someone coming at them trying to take that victory away. Constantly trying to to take that victory away. But the enemy doesn't see you coming. Because his back and his focus is on tormenting that person. His focus is on harming that person. But that person can see you. And so on the basketball floor, you plant your feet, you stand strong, and you cross your arms. (laughs) Kind of like Wonder Woman. You cross your arms in front of you, and you stand strong. Because what they're going to do is they're going to come right next to you. They're going to almost rub against you. And that tormentor is going to come slamming into you. Not like a car collision. We're not talking collisions of the earth. We're talking spiritual collision. And they go for the victory. You've got to dust off. You've got to wash yourself clean. You've got to praise God. Because that person is now free from what the enemy was trying to torment them and and try to take away their victory. They got the victory. And now in the game of basketball, whether they score or not, (laughs) you hope they scored the point. But for the most part, they got the victory. In the spiritual realm, they got the victory. And it's up to God to help them, whether it's salvation, whether it's their ministry, whether it's their family, whatever that part is. It's not for you to control the rest of it. But God is with you and God is with them and he is fighting mighty battles. And you may take a spiritual brunt every now and then. But that's not your whole life. You're not a fence post. You're not a fence post holding up a fence trying to catch anything that may come along in a year or two. No, God will strategically place you when it's needed that person somehow will have a connection or acknowledgement, whether they know it or not. And there will be a victory because where two or more are gathered, he is in their midst and he will fight that battle that's been tormenting that person, you, me, someone else. To God be the glory. So go read 
first Timothy, second Timothy, but my son at camp, we go to this amazing camp. And the first year he got this shirt for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And it also, it's like it became a lifeline. No fear. He would conquer so much fear in his life. And it just, I so admire him. My son was strong. And the enemy knew it. He knew God was going to do mighty things. And he's still strong. He's always been a gift and always will be a gift. No matter what the world tries to say about it. And no matter how my son came into the world to a single mom, no matter what shame or humiliation people tried to place on me, God knew the timing. God knew my life. God knew he was a gift. And God had purpose and plan for all of it. I may not always understand, but he's doing the same in your life. He knows every detail of your life. The enemy knows a lot of the details of the past you. But when you can conquer the guilt, the shame, the fear, the humiliation, to realize God is your mighty defender, he's able to do far greater than you can think or imagine. He doesn't give you a spirit of fear. He gives you power. He gives you love and a sound mind. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. So my friend, I hope that was helpful because I know it was just so exciting in my spirit when it connected for me. And when those items connect and I share that with you to encourage you, there is a freedom for both you and me and those around us. Because as you get that freedom, as you get that revelation for healing in your life, unbeknownst to me, what he's speaking to you, utilizing that story, that scripture, this timing in your life, God is able to do abundantly more than you could ask, think, or imagine. So praise him that he is God. He is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows, and his love is greater than anything you could ever walk through or deal with. And we learn about his love every single day. And when you're, when you're in tune to what God is showing you and asking him, what is this for? It may not be for anything right now. Or the enemy wants you to see something. Oh, this is, you know, they know how you look and see in your environment around you. The enemy is always broadcasting stuff. It's this, it's this, and always broadcasting stuff that wants you to pay attention to. But when, you're, when your vision is for God, he will take you through all the noise of the world. And it's like this, it's like a light in the darkness. That's what you see. You're not even seeing all this other stuff. You see the light that God is showing you. You're seeing the goodness of God that he is showing you. You're seeing the healing that he is showing you. You're seeing the love that he has for you. So my friend, be encouraged. I hope you are. Go read First and Second Timothy. Even read what, what the book is about and who Timothy is and, and how he learned from Paul. The perseverance. God's word to fortify him. There may be growing opposition, but there's so much opportunity. God is mighty. He is with you. He is here. He is there. He is everywhere. And I just thank you. 
I am so grateful for you. You have no idea how much you've also encouraged me. And so I just want the Lord to bless you. I ask the Lord to bless you. I pray for you. And when he brings me this connection, I know he's got something for you in it. Go into his word. Let him reveal it to you. He's bringing you reminders. He's bringing you things of memories or whatever it is or a word or a scripture. Go there. Jot it down. Let him bring it together for you. If you take it to people, they're going to try to explain it to you based on what they understand. But there may be a piece of that that is for you. But you have to take it to the Lord because the most powerful ones, many times, people don't even know they've done for you. That they've done a work of God in your life. And all they did was be kind or show love or grace or whatever it is. To God be the glory. And so be blessed, my friend. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing life. Abundant. Filled with fruit of the Spirit. The love of God. And everything else that he wants to pour on you. To you and through you. And may the Lord bless you. And keep you. And cause his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Dynastream's podcast, I Said a Prayer for You Today. For more encouragements, visit our Facebook page at Dynastream LLC. That's D-Y-N-A-S-T-R-E-A-M-L-L-C. We'd love to hear from you. See you there. Thank you.